Welcome to the Talking Llama Podcast, the podcast for podcasters. Thanks for stopping by as we discuss all things podcasting, like gear and creative processes, even marketing and promoting your brand. If you're looking to grow, monetize, or even just start your podcast, you're in the right place. The Talking Llama Podcast is here to help you tell your story to the world with confidence. Here's your host, Ian Roth. Hey, everybody. This is Ian from the Talking Llama Podcast. I have Ben Colloy on as my guest today. He is the founder and host of the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is his mission to bring every dad home physically and mentally to their marriage and their family. Ben, how are you doing today, man? Never been better. Every day I get to wake up and it's the best day of my life because uh, five weeks ago, I think five or six weeks ago, I had an abundant amount of freedom coming to my, my life, also known as having your job eliminated from at work. And I've woken up every day in the place that I've always wanted, which is to be a stay-at-home dad. And now with the coronavirus, I'm even more ignited because the kids are home and it's more integrated life. And having life as a dad integrated life is one that is challenging every single day because it's something I've never done. But it's thrilling at the same time because it's exactly what I've always wanted. That's great. It's so good that, I mean, it's unfortunate that it came the way it did, but it's so good that it's something you enjoy doing, being home with your kids and are able to, I guess, focus almost full-time on your podcast, right? Yep, full-time on the podcast and then also just exploring other bigger opportunities, uh, hopefully accelerating a uh, public speaking career. Uh, coronavirus has put a little bit damper on that, but there's still a couple of different things I'm working in the idea ring, but uh, it's my it's my mission to try to go all in and hopefully not have to get a job. Outstanding. I know when I get out of the military, whenever that is, I, I don't want to ever have to work for someone else. I want to work for myself so I can maximize my time with my family. So man, I wish you the best of luck and I love what you're doing and I'm rooting for you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. So just you know, I read your mission statement for the Military Veteran Dad podcast, but if you could just tell the listeners the why behind your podcast, what was your reason for starting it? What what gave you that drive to to start it? So a little bit for me, my why is that I've just always liked helping people. And so through my curiosity of figuring out what it was I wanted to do when I grew up, and I would say I'm getting closer, but still not fully clear on exactly what that is. But my why is that when I hear of a dad that takes his own life or a dad that just goes on autopilot or a dad that just is a workaholic. Like my heart drops a little bit because when you surround yourself with good dads and you grow within yourself to be a good dad, your awareness of what others are doing or the opportunities that they're missing out on is higher. And that just, when I, it depresses me a little bit, it gets me sad, but then when I can have a conversation or when I get excited or when I breathe life into a dad or I help them understand what it is to be a dad. And then I get excited even more when I understand that, or when I hear that their kids got their dad back. There's a few stories that I've had from my podcast where I've actually helped a dad choose to get therapy. And that story really hit me because their kids and his wife got him back. And I help provide that feedback. And my why is to make sure that every kid has a dad out there that they can hug and that a dad doesn't feel so alone that he feels like the only way out is to take his own life. That's an excellent why. That's possibly one of the best whys I've ever heard talking to any of my other fellow podcasters. So I love what you're doing. I love the purpose uh, of your podcast and, you know, being both of us being veterans, I know it can oftentimes be difficult to to really be present physically and mentally 
with our families, stressful jobs. And it is, it's a deliberate choice we have to make to, to do so. It is. And it's so easy in the military and in civilian world to, to just outsource it or assume that this is how life should work or that this is okay. That, that as long as I provide that, that's the only thing that I need to do as a father, but really that's just the bare minimum, everything, the riches of life come from everything else that you can add that the connections with your kid, the hugs, the feeling, the playing games. Like just tonight we were playing Uno as a family. Like that moment is what matters, not what you brought in for your paycheck that week. It's a bare requirement, but it's not where the fruits of your fatherhood come from. Couldn't agree more. Awesome stuff, Ben. So early on in starting your podcast, when you, when you found your why and determined that you wanted to communicate it to the world by means of a podcast, how did you go out kind of crafting some of your, your first content? I mean, what were some of the things you were thinking about and, and what are some things you did to implement into getting your first episodes off the ground? For me, I was always a shy farm boy that lived isolated growing up, never had a lot of friends. So the idea that I have a podcast today is the opposite of anything. Even being a Marine is the opposite of anything that anybody would have predicted for me growing up, or at least that I'm aware of anybody would have predicted me. Maybe they saw something that they never told me about. But so when I decided to start a podcast, I'd been listening to them for four years. I had ideas. I wanted something, a side hustle. I never could get clear. And so I had this, I bought a ticket to podcast movement in 2018 of August. I didn't have a podcast. I didn't even have a clear idea of her podcast, but someone was offering an early bird for the next year. And I was like, I'm just going to buy it. I'm either going to have one or this will be my accountability partner, this ticket to get one or to have one launched by the time I get there. And then a month later, I went to the military influencer conference and I was went into this idea of just being a veteran dad life podcast, maybe. But I really honestly didn't believe it myself. But I talked to a mom. And I told her about my idea and I made her cry. And at that point, I realized that I just invoked a real emotion, that I hit something there that was real. And honestly, before that moment, everything that I tried to create didn't feel real. And that's the hard part of when you do things online is a lot of what you do doesn't really feel real. It's not something you can touch. Your brain sees it with its eyes, but it really doesn't understand how you're because it's not physical. It's all just electrons flowing in the interwebs. So I took that idea and that moment, and that was Orlando, October of 2000, or September of 2018. On that plane ride home, I was so impacted by that, that I did a mind map. And so that was the very first step that I took. And I think at the center of it, I drew fatherhood. And then I just started drawing lines away from that. And I started diagnosing and writing down the different things that I thought for military dads. And out of nowhere, I kind of first was like, leave no dad left behind. And so that, but then I was like, that's kind of already been done a little bit and a little bit cliche. But then somehow within this mind map, bring every dad home. Like home was something that every dad sought. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. I got goosebumps on the plane ride back to Chicago. And I landed I had already had the podcast journal from John Lee Dumas, so I knew that that was the resource that I was going to use to help launch it, and it's launch a podcast in 50 days. He has a page in there for every day of something you should be doing. I sat at Starbucks every Saturday and Sunday working on that podcast for three months, getting it ready. When it started with the interviews part, honestly, it scared me because I was like, how do you even, because it was the classic when you start a podcast, you're like, how do I on day one show up as... John Lee Dumas. 
And it's that fallacy that I'm going to be someone at their finish line when I'm just starting. And you're not, you're going to suck. That's just the, that's the part that no one really tells you when you start podcasting is when you record your first one, unless it's your fifth podcast, you're starting, you're going to suck. There's a lot of things you don't know. You're going to be uncomfortable, but you just need to get through it. And so a friend of mine, I was having a conversation. I was like, how do you pick your first guest? I feel like the first guest is so important. And he's like, no, it's not. Just pick someone you're comfortable with. Pick a friend. And so I did. So honestly, the first step I did was I just contacted a couple of Marine friends that I've been networking with and said, hey, you want to come on my podcast for my first few episodes? They were more than willing. They were veterans already. And I just started with someone comfortable. And that allowed the whole process for me to get through the sucking to get better on the other side. So for me, I just started with my idea. It started as a mind map. I started with my, my the name. And then once I had the name, then I moved into the interviews. And funny part about my naming of my podcast is, so it's a pretty simple name, Military Veteran Dad, but it took me a month to come up with that. And I feel silly saying it out loud, but there were so many other ideas that I had. I was trying to be clever. And clever can be good if it comes to you instantly. But if it doesn't, you can just constantly keep thinking you don't have the right name. And I was on my way to work and someone on a podcast I was listening to said, most valuable player. And I was like, oh, I could probably do that. Most valuable dad. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool title. And then I hit me and I was like, wait a minute, military veteran dad. Because the problem was there was no word that sits above veteran and military to connect them. There's not like one word that says active and veteran. So I was like, oh, just screw it. Just put them both together and call it dad and add dad on there. And boom, after a month of killing myself in my name, it dropped into in my life on the way to work in a podcast. So what I learned from all that was always remember clarity over cleverity, which means try to create a clear name and go with the clear name. And if it feels good enough, go with it. Don't ever not start a podcast because you don't have a perfect name. Yeah, clarity over cleverty. Cleverty, I like that a lot. And I mean, you're never going to have the perfect anything is what I found out pretty much in everything in my life. So start something now with the tools you have, with the knowledge you have, and then you just shift and adjust as as time elapses and you, you start doing stuff is the best way. Yeah, you just, you get through it. And I was just at PodFest in uh, Orlando again, right before everything went crazy here. And there were so many people that would raise their hand up when they asked, like, who's got an idea for podcasts? Who's not started because they haven't, they've got an excuse. They're keeping warm and fuzzy in their, in their hand. And there were so many people that just were stuck. And I almost accepted it as my mission. I probably gifted like 10 podcast ideas when I was at PodFest because I just, there's, and you can hear someone's story. And I was like, lady, you need a podcast. There was one in particular. She was at our table. It was a roundtable networking event. And she edits podcasts, so she's very close to podcasts already. And she had one, she wanted to do one for postpartum depression for mothers. And I was like, lady, right? Just yesterday, someone in America lost their, their, their wife because of postpartum depression to suicide. Your podcast could be a voice to help give a wife back to her husband and a, a mom to their kids. And like four women at the table start crying because the, like the moment that I created that were there because they realized what she could actually do. And she just needed someone to help breathe life into her. And so I've just kind of almost taken it on as a secondary mission that anybody that I find that has a podcast anywhere similar to the ability to have your voice go out there and change something and, and be that friend that someone needs through a dark time, I always try to jump into their, their thought patterns or conversation 
sometimes I, I even can come up with a name for them. I'm like, here's your name. Here's your podcast. Here's your topic. Here's your niche. What other objections you got? What can we knock them out now? So that way you can get this podcast launched and ready to go. That's great. You know, I found so many people in the podcasting community are just so helpful and friendly. And, you know, I got to get myself to a, a podfest one of these years because just from the two you've went to, it sounds like it's a phenomenal event. It is. And it's commute. It's, it's interesting because podcasting is a tool. It's not a niche. And the niches are the podcasting uh, shows that people create. So when you go to the central tool of the niche or the tool, you get so many different varieties of people. You get people that have horse podcasts. You get people that have artist podcasts. You have people that have networking podcasts. You have people that have marketing podcasts. You get a depth of a community that you almost, I can't think of a good comparison where a tool brings so many diverse people together that you can learn from such a diverse group of people because there's lessons in one niche that may never ever be carried over to another niche unless you go to the central tool, which in this case was is a podcast conference. And there's two primary ones that I participate in is PodFest, which is always in Orlando. And then there's also Podcast Movement, which is the largest podcast uh, organization or trade or event that is worldwide as well. There's almost like 3,000 people that go to that. All the big names, iHeartRadio are all there. Like that's the place where all the podcasters come. Yeah, I need to, I need to get down there. Is it always in Orlando every year? Podfest is always in Orlando. There's a guy named by the name of Chris Comitso, and he he started it like seven years ago. I might have got that math wrong in or Tampa, and he's and he is all about community. Like he has so many different things through there that almost the entire event is organized to be heart centered, to be community, to be helpful. There was a round table, and there was a a person at that table that he told this story. He said, I don't have a podcast yet because I don't have a computer. And a guy at the other side of the table took a computer out of his backpack and said, here, this is my extra. You can have it. Like, that's the kind of like community he's created because of the type of people that he attracts. And it, he knows that you need community within podcasting. And I mean, if you have a strong community around you and friends, you can move a lot of mountains. Wow, that, that's that's very powerful. And what a, what a hell of a guy, man. That, that sounds Sweet. The uh, so kind of going more into the techie stuff of your podcast. When you first got going and started recording and knew the direction you wanted to head, what were you doing to spread the word to just get your message out there to encourage others to listen to what you have to say? So honestly, this is part that's this is just my story. There's probably different takes on this, but. I still had a full-time job. I still had three kids. My wife has a full-time job as a kindergarten teacher. The idea that I was trying to squeeze a podcast in was a little bit insane. And there's a lot of different things you can do for podcasting to go fully complex, to go full automated, do all these fancy things. And now it's even worse because you got audiograms, you got graphics, you got uh, translations for the text to get it from the audio into written form. And it can be overwhelming. And... When you first, and sometimes there's people that don't, won't launch because they said, or I heard it just recently, like, if I want to do a podcast, I want to do it right. And right means you've got to have 15 different things for every episode. But that's just garbage because everybody starts with something. And more importantly, when you first start a podcast, it's not about getting everybody to listen to it. It's actually more about your own growth. Like, oddly enough, after losing my job now, podcasting saved my life because... A year of me podcasting 
and getting my voice stronger, finding out what resonates, finding out what content I like talking about, that helped me create a life for myself and an experience mentally that I was able to go through that transition. And while I had some sad days, I didn't fall into the pit that a lot of people do when they lose their job. Even if no one listened to my podcast for the entire year, and as long as I kept doing it, it made me a stronger person to get through that growth in my life. And that's the most important part when you first start is to work on publishing and growing with each one. You share when you do what you can, like share it on Facebook, do the bare minimum, whatever it is you're capable of doing. If you're capable of doing a social post for everyone, get a social post, but just figure out whatever that minimum is and focus on that. And John Lee Dumas has advice on this that I always repeat that in those first few months, don't focus on getting bigger, focus on getting better. And your craft, your voice, how you do it, the audio, the techniques, the, uh, the microphone, the tools, all of those things, those are some of the best things to focus on in those first few months, not getting more listeners, maybe getting listeners to listen and get some feedback. But you only need like five people to tell you whether the show is good or not. You don't need 100 people to try to get feedback from it. You only need a few people and a lot of your friends can give you that feedback that you need. So just get that feedback, start improving, but focus on how you can make the show better versus making it bigger. So I hear you saying quality over quantity. Yes, and especially in that beginning. You, you work on what you need, but you're, you got to get through that suck. That's the most important part to get through. And you can only get through that if you keep publishing. So if doing all this extra work is slowing down your podcast, then you go from once a week to every other week to once a month because you're doing 15 things for every show, you're not growing fast enough. You need to grow and you can only grow if you're recording and if you only grow if you hit publish. So Whatever method is it takes you to hit, keep hitting publish as many times as possible, that's going to be the best way that you get growth because if you create something quality, people will share it. But if you try to get someone to share something at your early stages where it's like if you're trying to create a red sauce for your pizza and you go out and share it when it's in its early R&D phase, like, hey, try my new red sauce. I just started throwing stuff together. How does it sound or how does it taste? People probably aren't going to like it. So you keep tasting it, find a few testers, get your red sauce tweaked. And when you got that recipe where it's like, man, this is a good red sauce for a pizza, then worry about trying to make it go grow bigger. And a lot of times by then, it probably will already naturally have done it because you've created something good. People are talking about it and it'll happen on its own. Well, that's a great advice. And red sauce and Italian food speaks near and dear to me. So I absolutely <laughs> love the metaphor. For uh, so kind of going into some more techie stuff about your podcast, who are you using to host and have you ever used any other hosts or just have been with one and stuck with one so far? I did a lot of Googling on this, but a lot of it came down to a lot of the advice was if you're going to try to, to go big with your podcast, Libsyn was the only way to go. So I just kind of jumped on that bandwagon and there's, there's a lot of podcasting hosts out there and they all have different comparisons. And if you're kind of stuck, I would just do a, an easy Google that I often will do is whatever, like three of them that you're got in the top of your mind. If you're not sure, like doing Google, say Ellipson versus um, Anchor versus anything, just do those two brands versus, and you'll always get some type of comparison article that's comparing those two products. And then you can just, figure out which one best works. But I use Libsyn. It's got a lot of the technology that connects to the other different um, networks. So like Libsyn publishes a YouTube for me. It publishes to my WordPress for me. 
I'm a techie guy, so it's a little bit easier for me, but for the most part, it gives me what I need. Um, and I haven't really found a good reason to leave and it still does exactly what I want. And I've met the people behind lips in, in person and they're a good company. I've always gotten good support from them and from PodFest, they've got a lot of cool things coming out there this year. So I'm waiting around to see what they've got out in store for us. How have you, at least in the early days, how have you gone about getting people on your show after you got past the, the phase of just having your friends on people that you've known prior to starting your show? Uh, probably maybe three different ways. One is when you interview people, ask them, who do you recommend me get on on the podcast? People know people. So, and after the show, they've got an idea of what you talk about. They got an idea of who you are. And they're probably at this point more willing to make an introduction to someone that you need to know or have on your podcast. So always ask your guests, who do I, who would make a good guest that you know that I could bring on the podcast? One, just keep networking Facebook groups. Oftentimes for my podcast, because I kind of liked bringing the average guy, I, I kind of mix it like the average dads versus maybe some dads at a different level or they've got a different platform or they've got a platform to talk about versus a regular dad. A lot of times they just find a dad that looks pretty normal on Facebook and maybe has an interesting story. And I'll say, hey, you want to be on a podcast? Have you ever thought about being on a podcast? So I bet over half my my list, my guests have never been on a podcast before. So a lot of that just came from finding people that look pretty normal on Facebook and seeing if they were willing to share their story. But then also that kind of challenged me to grow as an interview because then you got to try to find the gold. And a lot of times they didn't really know what their gold was. So it almost kind of, when you, when you get people that haven't podcast before, it almost turns into like a little bit of like a coaching call where you're helping them understand a story. They share something, you give perspective back because you've listened to so many dads. You've got a lot of wisdom packed up. And a lot of times you can gift something wrapped up to the to the guest who's listening. Then also the listener out there in the car probably can relate to whatever advice maybe was helping that dad as well. And the third one that often helps is just kind of looking for books. Like you can go on Amazon and go in their top seller, top sellers. And then also they have a special category for upcoming or new releases for categories of books. Because if you look for the new categories of books, they're more likely in that moment to want to come on podcasts because they're going into promotion mode. And a lot of those people that operate at the elite level, they are not always in campaign mode or in PR mode. So if you get them out when they're actually trying to promote something, they're more likely to have windows of availability where you can get them on your show. Even people that maybe you think you can't get, if it's in the middle of a book launch, they're most likely in a blitz of getting on as many media outlets as they can to try to promote their book. Yeah, I remember you and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and just the the idea of looking for people who are releasing books and getting those folks on your show if their message aligns with what your show is about. I mean, it's a phenomenal idea. That's uh, you know, very creative way and kind of both people gain. You get a good quality guest on your show and then you give the guest the opportunity to talk about his book or her book. And another one that I just, I didn't do well last year at Podcast Movement, but this year at PodFest I did, uh, which was... When you, when you start networking people, I mean, you're at a podcast community and you just create friends that have podcasts. And a lot of times you can have opportunities to go on podcasts that are completely outside of your radar. Like you wouldn't even be able to, to Google it and find it. But at a podcast conference, they're right there next to you and you can have a conversation. They like who you are. You like who they are. You're flirting with each other. You can easily upgrade that and say like, hey, let's do a mutual podcast exchange. Or maybe, hey, would you be interested in me having you on a podcast or on your podcast. That's a great idea. Is there 
do you guys like exchange business cards at these things? I know business cards are kind of old school, but what, what's a good way to ensure that you stay in touch with these folks? Just maybe as simple as putting their number in your cell phone. This is the real struggle right here because it can be overwhelming very quickly. Um, cause there's lots of business cards. There's probably 75% of people still throw out a business card. And, but a lot of them are Instagram. They'll just tell you to follow them or send them a DM on Instagram. And it's, Sometimes they don't even have anything. And you're like, oh, I just got to remember you. And so I use the combination. And it's a little bit difficult. It was more easier this time because I had a lot more time to follow up on everything. It was like the first time I followed up on all my leads from a conference. So I take the business cards. I put them in my pocket. I make sure they stay together till I get back to, the, to my office here at home. And once I'm at home, I use HubSpot. And I use HubSpot with a, a script. And for each conference, I create kind of a script that talks about podcasts and whatnot. And I send it to him and HubSpot allows me to track the email and keep track of the replied back. And I just use that and I send him an email like, hey, we met at PodFest. I'd like to talk. If, and maybe I remember, maybe I talk about something that we talked about to try to personalize it a little bit so it's not just a script. Another thing is if it's an Instagram, I'll follow them on Instagram, but then I'll screenshot the screen with their profile. So then my phone has a picture of all the Instagram profiles that I followed. And then the idea is to follow up with either a voice message or a text later on and figure out, was there any action there? Was it just something you want to remember? Sometimes I just like creating a whole bunch of breadcrumbs from those business cards and Instagram pictures. And I'll just go on Google and websites and I'll just kind of scroll their brand and see what's interesting. And if there's nothing interesting, I'll file it away and we're followed on each other and let Instagram will go on. Oh, no, that's awesome. Um, shoot, shoot, you just keep like telling me that I need to go to these events more. That's what I'm hearing because it's phenomenal and you just get to connect with all these phenomenal people. Podcasting is a, a lonely place and those conferences fire you up because if you're talking to people, it, it gets you excited. And But still, there's not everybody that believes as passionately as you do. But when you go to these conferences, there's people that are as passionate as you can imagine doing exactly what you want. And that energy like, I think you've heard the quote, you're the average of the five closest people in your life. When I was at a trade show for trade shows, so it's a trade show event about how to do trade shows well. And I was like, you know what? There's a different version of that, that you're also the average of the five closest energy. It's very difficult to get your energy up in podcasting to an ex extreme level, just sitting in your room doing a one-to-one -one conversation. When you're at a community of podcasters, when you come out of those, your batteries are charged, you're everything, and you just want to just conquer the world with what you want to do and you want to get your mission out there as much as possible. That's awesome, Ben. Any, as we're wrapping up things here, any parting advice that you would like to give to people who are thinking about starting their podcast or if people are early on in their podcast and a little discouraged that it is such a slow and arduous process at the beginning? The most important part of podcasting is your voice. That if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., this is as resonant as any other fact about Washington, D.C. When you walk around those monuments, in stone are small little quotes of words. Those were just words, but they moved mountains in life and legacy of, say, Abraham Lincoln. There are so many just little small little quotes that are so relevant today, but they're just words, and podcasts are just words. And if you realize what your voice and any one of those people that have a monument in Washington, D.C., they just had a voice, but they learned how to craft their voice. And when they did it correctly, we stoned and memorialized those words. And podcast is that tool to get your voice 
strong enough to where you can really start to move mountains at the level of the people that are memorialized in Washington, D.C. Outstanding. Ben Colloy. So check out his podcast. Where else can they find you, Ben, if people listen to the show and want to learn more and uh, find out more about what you're doing? All my information is at militaryveterandad.com. I recently put a new email giveaway on there for some time management hacks that I've learned over the time in my corporate careers of how you can get some time back in your life throughout the week. And I'm also really trying to love Instagram. So check me out on Instagram at Ben underscore Colloy. You can DM me there, send any feedback or questions. I am more than willing to help anybody. And I'm actually looking to help people within podcasting get rid of those first few blockades and get them into their um, their next phase of podcast, which is launching and growing. So if you have a podcast out there and you got an itch but not sure how to grow it, reach out at Ben underscore Colloy on Instagram. Let's have a conversation. I'd love to help move the mountain in front of you so that you can start running down that road towards finding your own voice. Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an honor and a privilege, and we will definitely keep in touch. Thanks again, man. Thank you, and I am so excited that this friendship continues to grow from our random connection on LinkedIn where you first came on my podcast. Phenomenal stuff, man. Freaking love it, and you're just doing kick-ass stuff. Hey there, my llama friends. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about Talking Llama Media, please head to my website at talkinglama.com. There, you can apply to join the Llama Herd, which is an inner circle of dedicated and creative podcasters who are extremely active in the industry and always looking to collaborate. If you like this show, please subscribe so that you don't miss episodes as they're released. And if you really want to take your support for Talking Llama Media to the next level, I would be extremely grateful if you'd become a patron. Even something like $1 per month can go a long way and support us in our big plans. Stay confident, stay creative, stay curious, and I'll see you next time.